For many years, I was a member of Toastmasters, a public speaking club. Toastmasters holds these speaking contests a few times a year. One year, I decided to participate. I won the club level, and then I won the area level. I was then going to go to the division level, and this is where the competition gets serious. To make sure I was well prepared, I gave my talk at many local clubs to get feedback. I also got advice from other advanced speakers, and I kept incorporating this feedback and advice I was getting. Take this out, add this, reword this. By the end of it, when I looked at the talk, it didn't feel like it was mine. It wasn't the story I had set out to tell. It wasn't my style, and I had gotten to a point where I really dreaded working on it. The enthusiasm, the connection I had once felt to it were gone. So pretty close to the competition, I did a hard reset. I went back to one of my earlier drafts, and I made some changes based on the feedback, but I stuck to the core of it. When I went up on that stage, I delivered my talk with utmost conviction because it was my story and I was telling it the way I wanted to tell it. So even though I did not win the competition, I came out of this whole experience at peace because to me, this experience was authentic because I had been authentic. So if you have had this experience where you had set out to do something, but then you lost your way because you got caught up in how you should do it, you're not alone. I have been there, and so has our today's guest, Erica First. In today's episode, Erica shares her journey of how she became an entrepreneur, how she got caught up in what she should do as one, and finally, the realization that for her to be happy and successful, she had to get back to her why. Hi there. You are listening to Unseen Battles, a podcast that brings you behind-the-scenes stories from women leaders. This is your reminder that as you work through your career struggles, you are not alone. I'm your host, Parul Goyal. Every two weeks, I'll bring you raw, honest conversations with a successful leader about a challenge they faced and how it changed them. So, let's get to it. Today, my guest is Erica First. Originally from New York, Erica has spent the last couple of decades living in Italy. Erica had over 20 years of successful career as an advertising executive. But in 2015, she was hospitalized after she suffered from a stress-related vision loss. This changed the trajectory of her career and life. She put her successful career on pause and went back to school to study about the neuroscience of mental health. Erica then combined her insights from her studies and her previous work as an advertising executive to create Moodly, an app that helps employees manage their moods and combat workplace stress. Erica, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, You and I are going to talk about your journey as an entrepreneur and specifically about how important it is to not forget your why, why you started on that journey. But before we get into that, I would love to hear how you became an entrepreneur because you have a very interesting story behind it. Oh, I'd love to tell it. And thank you for having me, of course. Um, so I 
uh, am originally from New York, actually, and I moved to Italy uh, when I was 24 years old. And I started working in advertising here. And in 2005, I joined Luxottica, which is a major company, owns every eyewear brand you can think of. The most famous one is uh, Ray-Ban, which was my baby. And mm. for 10 years, I worked there from 2005 until 2015. And I was the global head of advertising, media, and digital. And um, it was a once-in-a-lifetime job that I absolutely adored. I loved the people that I worked with. I loved my bosses. Um, I loved the brands. We were doing such cool things. And social media had just come out. So, And we were encouraged to fail forward. It was an incredible, incredible time and an incredible experience. Um, at the same time... The, funnily enough, the day I, I accepted the job in Luxottica, I also found out I was pregnant. So I started wow. the job with a newborn <laughs> um, and was going through all those things at the same time. Um, my job was some, you know, if I wanted to, I could live on a plane because we had offices in China, offices in the United States. I was always producing uh, and so it was a very intensive job, um, which I love because I liked, I always believe it's better to be too busy than not busy enough. Although yeah. I now I believe that it's better to be just right. Um, <laughs> but what happened was in 2015 in April, so I had already started to feel like I was, I was, something had changed. Um, um, so yeah, my daughter was eight years old and I was really sort of thinking about her moving into middle school because I, I remember see. that was kind of the time that I started getting a little bit rebellious and into trouble mm. when I lived in New York. And so I wanted to make sure I had eyes on her. Um, plus, you know, when you've been doing the same job for 10 years, operating at those levels and you've missed birthdays and, and family gatherings and stuff like that, it just starts to you start to want to have a little bit more space for yourself. So I had already started taking steps to reduce my responsibilities. I'd hired other people to take on some of the smaller brands um, and was talking to them also about limiting my time. And then one morning I woke up in April, I'll never forget it, um, because it was right the day of my birthday party. Um, I woke up and I lost vision in my right eye. I couldn't see. Um, wow. Okay. And I, I went to the doctor. I spent the entire day at the doctor's. And at the end of the day, they announced you can't see out of your right eye. And I was like, thank God the healthcare is free. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then they had me see a neurologist and he was like, you need to be checked into the hot, like you should be in a hospital immediately so we can start doing tests. And I said, okay, great. I do have to go to my birthday party, but I will check myself in tomorrow. <laughs> which is exactly what I did. And then I ended up spending 10 days in the hospital while they ran a whole battery of tests and it came out inconclusive. Uh, after some time, uh, after we went, I had to go back and get MRIs for checkup and stuff like that. Uh, they concluded that it was stress related and that ultimately mm -hmm. what had happened was that I had burnt out. So then I made the choice to leave the company and kind of focus on my own health and, and my family and stuff like that. I took that as sort of the sign that I needed that it, that something had to change in my own life. Um, Cause I had never really put my own health as a priority. I just kind of assumed my body was going to keep up. Keep with up. Yeah. <laughs> so you were anyway thinking about 
making more room in your in your day for things other than work but your yeah. your plan was gradual this kind of like was kind of a wake up call for you yes exactly i was like maybe if i tone down the volume a little bit i will yeah. be like things will be okay um so i i left my job and i was doing a little bit of consulting um but <sighs> I knew that I also had, you know, at the same time, kind of midlife crisis, I wanted to do something a little bit more with my talent. Um, and, and I wanted to find a way to be of use to other people yeah. and to the planet. And I started coming across neuroscience, which uh, was, you know, sort of blew my mind wide open. And there were so many answers to questions that I'd had for so long. Uh, and then a few months later, I got, um, I was on Facebook and I remember I got an ad for um, a postgraduate program in the neuroscience of mental health. And I was like, this, this is exactly <laughs> what I've been looking for. The um, Facebook ads actually do work. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I just assume they're always listening to my conversations <laughs> because it just came out of, no, I hadn't been Googling new yeah. neuroscience. So anyway, the, the, whatever it is, it worked. Um, uh, I always called it fate. And my friends were like, no, it's the algo. And so I signed up to take that class. And while I was taking that class, which, by the way, going back to school at the age of 43 is um, one of my greatest accomplishments because it was so hard to learn how to study again yeah. and, and just get back into that. Erica, can I ask you at this point, you know, you wanted, you knew you wanted to go back to school. Um did you have an idea of what where would you go from there no idea whatsoever and and actually what happened it was a lot of the the big changes in my life tend to happen is like triangulation of you know a little bit of kismet um and so i'm studying in this course on the neuroscience of mental health and we're doing the uh, the section on stress it was six weeks dedicated only to stress and the brain dynamics and stress and the body and everything else and i kept reading in the research that they would do in the studies that they continue to use this technique called mood induction uh, because in order to test emotions on people you can't like sit in a corner and wait for mm -hmm. them to be in a good mood or a bad mood you have to actually put them Induce in a it, yeah. mood yeah mm -hmm. so in a clinical context they would induce a good mood, induce an angry mood, induce a sad mood, induce a, an ecstatic mood. And I was like, okay, well, if you can do that in a clinical set, you know, first of all, what is this magic potion that you can just make people's moods go at will? Yeah. And if you can do it in a clinical setting, why couldn't you do it in real life? So it's creative materials. Uh, using uh, videos, audios, music, combining them in the right way with the right words to touch specific um, mood points or memories or stimulate certain emotions. And I was like, okay, well, this is what I do for a living. Um, and so I, I did some research on ResearchGate, trying to find some PhDs that work in, in specifically in discrete emotions. And we met and I said, am I crazy to think that I could make a series of, co of content designed yeah. according to scientific principles that would be able to pe move people's mood at will. And she's like, not crazy at all. And so I was like, okay, this is kind of like why I'm alive today. Yeah. I was meant to do this. So I had zero intention of starting a company, none whatsoever. 
But at that moment, I was like, okay, I have to build this app. And that's okay. what I started doing. <laughs> And, and I funny, you know, the, my first thing was, okay, I'll try and get some financing to build it. And when I was talking to people, they all wanted to do it their way, which was not, mm. which didn't necessarily respect the science. And I said, okay, you know what, if I don't believe in myself, I can't expect other people to do. So I'm just going to use my own money. I'm going to build it. I'm going to build it the way I want to, and then I'll take it to market, which is exactly what I did. Um, and the the whole process of developing it is a whole a whole yeah. other ball of wax, um, where I had my first developer disappear on me, and I couldn't get in touch. He had all my passwords oh and my everything, and that was a whole mess. Um, then someone did a copycat app with my original name. So the day I was about to launch, I had to redo all of my materials, re-edit all the films. Re it was. Um, it's, it was an uphill battle all this during COVID. So, you know, I I almost risked a second burnout there. I'll be honest. Um, and then I had it and then it was like, okay, now what? Um, and, and so first time entrepreneur, I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I, I've been launching things on the market for 20 years. You know, that's part Mm -hmm. of what I've, been doing in advertising and usually I would know like exactly what steps to take but I was also dealing with millions of dollars in uh, you know it's like if you give me five million dollars in advertising I know exactly what to do (laughs) and how to get it out there but like trying to get thousands of users with zero dollars is a bit of a challenge and it's a different skill set, right? It's a it's a very different skill set what, than what you had done before. It's a whole different skill set. And you have to be, you know, I've always been kind of behind the scenes, which is where I'm yeah. very comfortable. I don't like doing sales. I feel very intrusive. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely not in my skill set. I am learning, although it is, um, I'm having to like break through a lot of sort of my own obstacles, personal obstacles. Uh, learning and evolving so love it um you know it's only exciting if there's a little bit of a challenge that's true um but so I would rely on many other people and um kind of started to go down what everyone else in the sort of Silicon Valley area was telling me this is what you need to do first you need to do this then you need to do that so I had one expert tell me that I needed to go uh, B to C. I had one mm. expert tell me B to B. I had one expert tell me B to B to C. I had one tell me to go to pharmaceutical companies. I had one that told I me see. to just give it out for free and try and get as many. So however many people I consulted for advice was the different strategies that I got to the yeah. point that I felt completely lost. And on top of that, my obsession was no longer do like putting the app in the hands of the right people. Now I was only focused on fundraising and I was only focused on how can I get, how can I get the most users so that when I do get those funds, I'll be able to increase the average monthly users, you know, to 10 X them all the time Mm -hmm. and talking about cap sheets and shareholders and co-founders and, and drowning in all of these things, which are part and parcel of the process. Um, But weren't why 
I did it in the first place. Like I didn't expect to find myself there. And now all of a sudden it's like, I'm worried about, am I going to be able to, you know, get a million dollars in funding? And is that going to be able to carry me for 18 months? And I know these are normal things that for, for any startup to do, but it just never felt right for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt very lost to the point that I was actually starting to hate the project. Yeah. I didn't want to do it anymore. And, and I was talking to people that like, I will, it, you know, I'll sell it to you for a hundred thousand bucks and you do it. Yeah. <laughs> like keep it, build it. I just, I can't, it's like sucking yeah. the life out of me. Um, and I took a break from doing that and I did something completely different. I took another like old school project, consulting project, just to kind of clear my head. And I remember I was listening to Clubhouse one morning and I was listening to, to, I I obviously don't remember the people and I I hate to hate on anyone. I'm not, I'm not sure. It's just, I speak from my experience, Um, but I was listening to this giant chat show where there was three sort of giant players in Silicon Valley who were bullying this guy into giving them 1% of equity of his company for free. So, and then they would tell their friends that they're on board. Now I know this is how business goes. Um, you know, I'm not like airy fair, like, no, we all need to like love each other and do, you know, it's business at the end of the day. I get it. If you're going to give somebody money, you want to see a return on that. That's why you invest. Um, but it was listening to this conversation that I was like, this is exactly what I do not want to be doing. Yeah. Um, and it was there that I was like, okay, you know what? I need to write a completely different strategy and do something completely different and do it my way. Um, and not only doing it my way, but doing it so that like, what will be the fastest way to me getting impact mm. as opposed to the fastest way to me getting money or the money. fastest way to me getting users. And so that's, that's what I kind of did. And I repivoted it and I said, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to start with my tribe, which is corporate offices and employees. That's where I know everybody. Um, And I have a wealth of knowledge that most people don't have. So I'm going to offer the app. And if, because I still live in Italy and a lot of companies aren't necessarily comfortable with the idea of just throwing an app at a problem. Um, so together with the app, I will also provide stress management training at the same time. And we can do one session, we can do three sessions, we can do six sessions. Um, and once I started to do that and, and all of a sudden the path forward, my launch path was crystal clear. I knew who I needed to call. I knew what I needed to say. I, I, and the pieces started to fall into place. And because I was like loving it again, then I now I was starting to attract the right people into yeah. and 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 putting out the good like the content that was meaningful and impactful and saying things that are useful, um, and so that's kind of what brought me here today. <laughs> nice. So it was just that realization that you had started this with a certain goal in mind. And along the way, because of all of this advice coming to you through entrepreneurs, other communities, kind of lost the focus of why you had started it. And then kind of like you just push yourself to find it again or focus on that again. Yeah, I 100% lost. I lost the plot and I lost why I had started doing, you know, as I said, I didn't mean to set out to be an entrepreneur, but I knew 
that I had a skill like only I, or maybe me and a handful of other people would be able to actually bring this tool to life. And the tool could actually provide a tremendous amount of help to people. Um, and, and so I had completely lost that and was only focusing on, and I, I know this because it's always been my rule, never focus on making money, focus on bringing value and the money comes. And as soon as I started focusing on the money and the users and uh, yeah, I was, I was doing nothing. The second I went back to why I was doing it and what's my shortest way to being of use to to the to my community, to the world at large, that's when things really started to fall into place. Not just from how you were feeling, right? You now I am guessing that some of the enjoyment you had associated with working on this project came back once you started yes. spending time on what you liked. Oh, 100% because that that's my, I mean, it's my comfort zone to create yeah. content and put it out there. And, you know, now it's kind of a balance. I still obviously have to do, I still have to find the money yeah. and I still have to sell, but I'm more confident about what I'm selling because it's mine and I know yeah. exactly what I'm saying and I know why I'm doing it as opposed to like, I have, you know, I have to get 10,000 users and how do you do that? Like literally yeah. like, so I know I now know what I'm doing. So I actually have a different confidence level when I even speak to the people that I need to speak to. And I think when I was playing a game that wasn't mine uh, or playing something else, yeah. I was I was not credible either yeah. to the other people that I was talking to. And I wouldn't invest in somebody that I didn't think was credible. So, you know, I, I totally would get uh, the comments on the other side. It's like, well, you know, are we sure we want to put all this money? She, she seems a little lost. And that's 100% fair. Um, so, yeah. So once I pulled back and like really came back into the where, what I'm good at, what makes me happy, where my, my power and my energy is, then all of a sudden I came at it with a whole different viewpoint and, and then doors just literally started flying open. And that's always, I know when I'm like on the right, I know I'm on the wrong path when no doors open. And I know I'm on the right path when things that seem impossible fly in. So that's my confirmation from the universe or Zuckerberg, whichever one. (laughs) One of the two. Erica, you know, this is, uh, I would say this is not an uncommon experience, even outside of entrepreneurship, you know, people take jobs take up jobs for a specific reason to do you know to have an impact to do something and it's possible that they caught up in the politics or like you know they could just carried away with uh you know whatever the shining thing is in front of them or whatever people are telling them they need to do to succeed what yes. having been through this journey what would you advise them there's an actual process it's um uh, it's called emotional labor when it's like you feel something inside and yet you work hard to suppress that. It's like, so I want to be of impact, but I'm doing something completely different. That sort of dissonance that happens yeah. um, is one of the things that actually causes burnout. It's one of the causes because there's a sense of personal inauthenticity or a sense that you're kind of like fragmenting the psyche. It's like, I want to be here and I'm here. So there's a sense of dissatisfaction with life. Now, uh, there are games that need to be played, of course, in the world. We know that. Um, But it's a matter of playing to 
like what you're good at and what makes you come alive and and having that as a goal i found that as long as i kept my why and on like literally on a piece of paper in front of me like remember why you're doing this that was sort of my empowerment and there are times when i have to remind myself even now hey 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 you're getting distracted get back to is this like going to be impacting or are you just doing it because your ego likes it um so it's it's a consistent battle but i think that like i said literally putting a piece of paper in front of you is like this is why i'm doing this this is my ultimate goal you can't reach your goal unless you know what it is so if yeah. you have it right in front of you like you did this to make this kind of impact and i can even put like a number like I want to have touched uh, a thousand people. That to me is yeah, easier yeah. than I need a thousand users. <laughs> you know? And you're right. You know, in every job, there are going to be parts that you don't like. Right. Yes. But it should be 80, 20 rule. 80% of it is what you, what you want to do. 20% is overhead that you, you have to do. Right. Even right. that, that changes. I feel like that's a sign. That's- I feel like, well, I, you know, again, I, life is, 80 20 is ideal. I think you're probably going to you're probably going to find it's more 50 50. But yeah. but the way I look at it, see the difference between the 50 50 and 100% zero is that you can reframe that 50% of like no, I don't love doing this, but in order for me to do this like, I don't like making cold calls or reaching out to people that I don't know. I feel incredibly intrusive. But I also know that if I don't do it, I won't be able to make, you know, to, to, to reach my goal of being impactful. So, okay, I'm going to suck it up and do it. And, and then I'm happy at the end of the day. I'm always like, plus once you break through those walls of doing things that you don't want to do, uh, it also gives you a sense of accomplishment and, and, yeah. um, and personal satisfaction. So, but it, but it helps you. It's like, okay, I'm going to do this because it's helping me do what I need to do. Uh, and then it kind of reframes it into a different context. So Erica, if our audiences want to learn more about you, how can they find you? Well, I am on LinkedIn and happy to make new friends. I'm uh, reaching out and chatting to anyone um, who's interested. I'm also, we are on Instagram at moodily.wellness and, um, and on Facebook as well, moodily wellness without the dot there. And uh, I, Erica, I know you host these free lunch and learn sessions called Mood 101. Yes. Can you tell us more about that? And, you know, how can people, our audience talk to their companies in, in finding out if Moodly is, is, is an option for them? Yeah, so um, I have a, it's about a 45-minute webinar. It gives you sort of some basic things about your mood that you might not know or probably don't, most people don't know. Um, and what it affects, how it affects you, uh, and some basic early things like how you can do. It's free of charge. I give it to companies. So if anyone is interested, their company can be in touch. Um, and I set it up for free. Like I said, it's a lunch and learn. So uh, people bring their lunch and, nice. I, and I try and bring the learning. <laughs> <laughs> Erica, thank you so much for sharing your unseen battle with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been super fun. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast. Also, help me spread the word by sharing the episode with a friend you think would like it.